Blog Talk Radio. Judith Pinkerton, a licensed, board-certified music therapist and founder of Music for Life. And Music for Life, music is at the core of all that we do, connecting you to the life of your spirit, to the life of your senses. With composer Ludwig von Beethoven's quote, music is the mediator between the life of the senses and the life of the spirit. So how do we practice healing mind, body, and spirit? We plug you into yourself differently with music at the core, discovering that when you listen or play music, you find out how that music is really playing you. We support you harnessing the power of music to create a healthy lifestyle, connecting you to the life of your spirit through the life of your senses. Today's topic of music to discover yourself is explored with myself and our special guest all the way from Canada, Jennifer Buchanan, who is a certified music therapist and past president of the Canadian Association for Music Therapy, as well as author and owner of JB Music Therapy. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Uh, Judith, thanks so much for having me. We have had a synergy that has been growing for years now. I can't even remember when we first connected on Skype. Right. I remember that conversation very well, and and it seemed to go on for a long time because we kept up coming with new topics to discuss. (laughs) So recently (laughs) we we had an opportunity to reconnect at the joint co-conference between the Western region and the Midwest region of the American Music Therapy Association, and you were our mm-hmm. keynote speaker. <laughs> that was um, a wonderful opportunity for for me because it would be the first time speaking in such a, a larger forum amongst my my uh, colleagues from the south and. Uh, and to again start seeing that there is just so much commonality within our industries and within just how music's being used within healthcare in our society. And, you know, we're all dealing with the, the same joys of it and some of the clunks that are coming along with it too, you know, and, and it's just always good to get that uh, feeling of validation that you're not in this alone. 
Um, exactly. And I know um, you may experience this in, in Canada, but here in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, I have felt, and not so much now, but in the past, very isolated um, when there were not very many of us. Um, there still aren't very many of us in Las Vegas, but at least there are some therapists that are actually working here in Las Vegas. But it, you can feel very isolated, and so these conferences are a really great way to connect with colleagues and get caught up on the latest uh, trends and and research and, you know, just to, to connect. Exactly, and and like you, I've been uh, now a part of uh, this profession for over 25 years. I can't believe I'm even saying that. Um, and the differences that we have seen from the time we started, hey, from where there was no technology to having so much technology and uh, where we're connecting online. I, I can remember starting, I don't know if you remember this, but we didn't even have email. You know, we were still on the phones talking to people, and, and, uh, and it was very interesting getting the word out back then about what music therapy is versus today where the whole world is hearing that term um, in, in many different ways. Uh, quite easily and quite readily, and they feel hungry for it. Yeah, and I, you know, noticing that you're in Canada and I'm in the United States, um, I'm always very interested in the kinds of trends that we find in our uh, individual uh, countries. And so for the United States, with with all that's going on, I have just noticed over the years a growing unsettledness that now is resulting in epidemics of addiction um, and just so much unsettledness found everywhere with with incidences of of injuries or deaths. And I'm just wondering in Canada if you're also noticing a shift and change in in societal trends regarding feeling more anxious, angry, depressed, or sad. Yeah, so, you know, that's a really um, interesting observation, isn't it? And uh, I think if we're going to compare Canada and the U.S., it's not that Canada doesn't feel that, nor is it that we're not very sensitive to that. But even from our purview, we're feeling that you may be feeling it even more and experiencing it more. And... um, but it's definitely something that we all as, you know, as citizens of this world are being very sensitive to. And, and that's why this leaning now into not just reactive medicine, where, um, which is important and vital when so many things are happening so quickly, but really digging deep back into the preventative measures of uh, looking after ourselves, but also looking after our communities and even greater than that. And that's what I mean. We're all in this together. Yeah. it's. <laughs> I love the idea of global citizenship um, and because of the technology, it's so easy to, uh, be a global citizen um, and to notice how your impact um, is actually part of that hundredth monkey syndrome where, 
you know, and you never know at what point you're the hundredth monkey on a particular topic or trend or, you know, uh, peaceful centeredness. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting for me, it's interesting for me, Judith, because I'm remembering back to it was when I was in grade six, it was the year of the child. And it was when we were first being introduced as children to how other children lived throughout the world. And I can remember it was at that time the famine of Ethiopia was happening. And we learned at that time that there were uh, six, no, 3.6 billion people in the world. Look how much bigger we are now. And that's just in our lifetime. And uh, But I remember that so strongly that we were 3.6 billion back when I was in grade six. Yeah, it's, it can be mind-boggling in thinking that you make a difference. Um, but your book, Call Tune In, <laughs> is just such a, a powerful way because music is that universal mm. language that everybody can connect to. And because it operates from our central mm. nervous system, you know, it's as powerful as a drug or as um, a, a substance that people might want to abuse. <laughs> um, and exactly. so in my, yeah. yeah, in my work with um, addiction clients, I see over 100 clients at two different addiction treatment centers here in Las Vegas, and they come from all over mm-hmm. the country. Um, wow. And I'm just full up. In fact, the, the level of, of desire and demand uh, just doubled my load at one of the the treatment centers because of the success of them getting it and really understanding Mm -hmm. how to use the term there but your book about being able to tune into themselves differently Mm -hmm. um, to manage their regulate their moods using music and so this this Mm -hmm. book that you put together has got some really um great strategies and exercises in it um, in order to help somebody get in tune with themselves using their music. Um, and so I wanted to highlight to our listeners um, that we will put a link uh, to your book on our, on our blog uh, that will connect from this uh, website so that they can get tuned in because I absolutely find some of the exercises in here fascinating. In your Chapter 4, you're talking about find your music. And you actually have <laughs> exercises in here, you know, about how to do that and charts and places where you can write in your thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's fabulous. You know, it's looking at your life soundtrack. Um, it's actually a process. I'm so um, mesmerized <laughs> with how our thought, you, yours and my thought processes are so along the same line in my client um, sessions, we'll, we'll do a life soundtrack. I don't call it soundtrack, but look, a lifescape. Um, but mm-hmm. it's the same idea of how does right. how do your different things in life mirror and include mm-hmm. music, and how does that tell the story then of what that point in time looked like? <laughs> um, well, and then just looking at your so music good. listening habits, you use, um, you know, a different way of, of relating to music listening habits 
Um, and and where I connect with with music listening habits is um, available on my TEDx talk called Music Powers Potential. But it's looking at you know how you're talking about going into the past and where do your memories live. Um, and I also right. go into you know how can you go into the future where you want to be more relaxed and more happy, and then to be able to decipher <laughs> and decode you know your brain as to what you're doing instinctively and how you could be more intentional and purposeful about accessing that music that has meaning for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of this can sound just so simple, which in so many ways it is. But when you do take it to that next step of looking at this component of self-care in a deeper intentional way it's going to take some of those things that we know it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of time and and a lot a lot of reflection but in that the you can feel so refreshed at the end and that takes me to what we were talking about in regards to yes music therapy very much can be a part of the reactive medicine where we can definitely support the person who has uh, suffered a stroke with rehabilitation of speech, fine gross motor. Uh, We can definitely help people when they're in acute settings and to help boost their mood, you know, the five to 10% they're going to need in order to transition to the next step. And so there's all those places, but tune in was written specifically for the, the, the people that are looking during this restless time, something to be able to gravitate to, something accessible, but with a, a new language of and, and some, uh, some strategies and direction as to how to use music in a real productive way for yourselves in that area of self-care and also to perhaps share that experiences with the others that you love the most and care about the most. Um, These exercises, I keep having this dream, Judith, of, you know how we, uh, we love going to book clubs. We love getting together and we love reading a joint story and sharing a story. And I am absolutely desperate to start this, um, this, cross-country groupings of people getting together and starting music clubs where you get together with a more intentional sense around listening to music, bringing a theme of the week or bringing um, a concept around uh, that this particular whole album, what, what, what did it communicate to you in, you know, 1994, you know, those sorts of conversations where we can just, uh, do some of these preventative actions um, because you and I both know that with the, the rampant um, addictions that we are seeing, and they're in so many different uh, levels and, and stages, that it's really a bonding experience that is going to help people the most recover. And music naturally bonds people together. And now if we could just bring people together with the music in that deeper dialogue, perhaps we can really support that area of care with how to um, yeah, feel better and some relief uh, from what people are, are feeling. 
I so agree with you. Um, in fact, we started a new company called Music for Life Technology, Inc. And we're actually in the middle of a fund raise right now with a, a serious investor interest um, so that we can launch these um, Apple platforms that have been requested. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's huge, and I totally agree with you that what better way to build empathy and connections with people than to understand why music resonates with them and how that can take one deeper into relationships and to understanding, you know, where we're at and where do we want to go. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just love, I, I can see that there's going to be more collaboration here, Jennifer. <laughs> and I just love that music therapists have a role in all of this, you know, isn't that mm-hmm. exciting? Because when I started again, way back when, um, all these opportunities had yet to unfold and present themselves, but it seems the longer we're in this industry, new opportunities and the barriers are being broken down of where we can be, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I want to give some examples to our listeners about music that you crave. <laughs> You've given us three different selections. So I want you to talk about the first one with Mahalia Jackson and how it anchored an important moment for you with the song Silent Night. Well, well Judith, my... Um when I was younger, um, my life was overall really good, but I was, there was conflict between my parents, significant conflict actually happening. And at times, um, my, my parents actually eventually would divorce when I was 11 and that conflict would reside. But the year prior to that was, uh, particularly stressful on all of us. And, And at times, that feeling of not being safe and secure uh, would really hit hard. And um, I was fortunate uh, this one day when I was particularly feeling unsettled and uncertain, and, and, and my parents had just had a very significant row that um, just it felt like I was crossing all sorts of lines into safety. And uh, my mom took me outside to the car and it was an, it was an old Pontiac and uh, we sat in the car and she, uh, we turned on the radio and we were holding hands and uh, Mahalia Jackson's song Silent Night came on. And I've always had a strong um, strong heart and um, sense of calming when it comes to that big alto voice just singing with every ounce of feeling they have in them. And I just felt she deeply soothed us both at that moment. And, um, and that song I will continue to hear today and it will bring that immediate sense of calm, even through a storm. And uh, she reminds me through that song, Don't Be Afraid. Wow, yeah. 
and notice how that has been a thread for you since then. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the next song that you referenced was Tuck and Patty, Take My Breath Away. How does that anchor in an important <laughs> moment for you? Well, this one goes directly to my husband, James. And uh, James and I uh, met very young. I wasn't someone who uh, dated or really, I always wanted a boyfriend, but no one would have me feeling. (laughs) I can remember all that. And uh, I went and I... uh, saw this uh, tall, handsome man dancing one day, and he had a big smile on his face. And I went, oh, gosh, if a guy like that would just like me, that would be terrific. <laughs> and I can remember him coming over and talking to me. And and uh, during the days of crazy when you're in your early 20s and, and you have all the wisdom of being in your early 20s and James and I would be engaged in six weeks, Judith. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? And what? this was our... <laughs> I know. I know. This, uh, I, I, try, I share that story with my daughter to say you don't have to follow those rules. Um, but uh, <laughs> James and I, um, this has been a theme song for him and I. And it's a song that... Uh, He's not a singer, but he loves to play bass, and uh, we will do this song together. We sang this song for our wedding, and um, it has just become one of those very, very special duets, and, and, and a duet of life for the two of us, and, uh, and you know, I, I kind of kept my husband um, in the background for the first decade of my career, because I was so rushing around, you know, as we do, trying to get clients and making connections, and I completely kept my personal life out of it. And I can remember 10 years in, they said, you're married? No one knew I was even married. And <laughs> so part of <laughs> so part of me choosing that song today was also these last couple of years, I'm really trying to say, you know what, James has been a big part of my life, and I'm very grateful to him for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I. So it's it's reminded me also that we have a parallel uh, life course there. In that I met my husband, <laughs> and he proposed to me a month after we met, and we were married See? within six months. Yes, there you and go. Now it's like <laughs> there you go. Same years story. Later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I also know that for us music therapists that our husbands behind the scenes make it possible for us to do what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that every music therapist that has got a significant other would mirror that (laughs) comment. (laughs) It's something that I find to be. Yeah. Yeah. So then looking at your third song that you chose, it's Jack Johnson with my own two hands. <laughs> How did that anchor in an important moment for you? Well, Judith, I, uh, 
again, like you, when you own your business a long time, so that's the other part. Yes, I'm a music therapist, but in some ways bigger than that, I'm a business owner, and I just happen to be passionate about the service we provide. And uh, building this business has been the it's it's like family to me in so many ways um it has had great highs great lows and um and here we are and at 20 years in i uh i realized that i had learned a lot about business for as you do when you're an entrepreneur but there was more i wanted to learn and get a hold of cuz now i want to help other music therapists build their businesses so they can reach more people. And I feel that's the way I can help our communities um, have access to music therapy services and other also music-based wellness services. Um, All of that's really important to me. So I went back to school and I got my MBA um, after year 20. It took, you know, three and a half years. And and through that all, this song came up at some point in there. Um, and it is, you know, with these two hands, this is what we're doing. And all of us are out there just um, doing our little piece of the world. And yet, like even with this, um, when we're talking on blog radio right now, we're connecting to something bigger than ourselves. We're connecting to colleagues. So so it's just about, yeah, it's these two hands, but then I'm reaching out and sharing these two hands with others, and, and together, this is what we're going to be able to, to create during this time of our life. You know, it's, it's, uh, your words are making me reflect on uh, something that you did during your keynote where you had select music therapists that happened to include myself out of hundreds that were there. <laughs> Uh, write down uh, some experiences that we had with music therapy clientele and, and, you know, what did we learn from that. And uh, it was interesting to notice how you brought everybody up. There were like a dozen of us brought up on stage. And then you wove music, playing the guitar and your voice, into creating a song that used our words in that song, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful experience, <laughs> Jennifer. Oh, I'm so glad you liked that part. <laughs> so it's it's interesting for this last song with my own two hands <laughs> of noticing that with your own two hands playing guitar, using your voice, that you were able to connect the spirits of many music therapists together with mm-hmm. meaningful work that we do. It was just really a great mm-hmm. um, paradigm that helped anchor in moments mm-hmm. for music therapists during your keynote. So I encourage our listeners to look at your website um, at, I think it's Jennifer, it's a, it, we've got the link here, but it's jenniferbuchanan.ca for Canada, right? That's right. I mean, that's what CA is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're really look at, you know, what you offer for anchoring in moments, you know, just in a keynote. I know as a also a keynote speaker that to be able to create those moments for people, you know, is, is what organizations are looking for, that they want the keynote mm. to, to create something that people can take away. 
um, that they can use mm-hmm. that inspires them, that motivates them to want to re-engage with life, to make life better. And so I just, I, I, it was a wonderful moment. I'm so glad that you, you came and blessed <laughs> us with your presence at the, at the conference. <laughs> but, oh, that's so terrific. I, and it was a joy to be there. Yeah, thank you. So I wanted to, uh, for our listeners, anchor in just uh, one more thought about, you know, where we're at at this moment in time and noticing what our energy is. And what I've discovered um, every day in my work is that people can be stuck in what's called a chronic unsettled comfort zone and not even know it. And the way that drives our music listening habits is that we instinctively push play on music that matches where we're at. So unwittingly, people can be actually fueling anxiety, anger, depression, or sadness and not know it mm-hmm. and keep stuck there. Mm-hmm. So we have more programs at Music for Life that can help people understand that. We've just got a few seconds left. Jennifer, what more would you like our listeners to know before we wind down here? Well, I just, uh, I guess, you know, if you are listening and you're somebody who goes, gee, you know, I'd like to sit with a music therapist, I would reach out to them. They are a very skilled bunch that can help you reach your goals. And if you're a music therapist out there listening and perhaps not paying, you know, that we often don't pay attention to our own self-care, hopefully today's uh, uh, talk and conversation could start lead you into that direction just to um, ensure you're looking after yourselves so you can serve others. Thank you. And thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing your experience of how to Tune in to ourselves on Music for Life Radio. (laughs) You've been listening to Music for Life with Judith Pinkerton. Until we meet again, notice how you practice healing your mind, body, and spirit with the power of music in your life now.